Hey, everybody. It's Microphones of Madness. I'm Rodney. Over there, Steve. I'm Iowa. Moo. Shindu. Nani. <laughs> Today, we are talking conversion. Oi, Gavolt. Yeah. So, yeah. So, what you got to do is you got to go Will down to the confess? synagogue. Go down to the synagogue and, and you talk to the rabbi, and the rabbi will tell you everything you need to go. That's all for this week. We'll talk to you next time. Watch out for them. <laughs> all right. So, what we're talking about is is everybody who's a fan of any type of geek, whatever, whether you're into spies or or, or fantasy or science fiction or whatever, and you play games, you've come across a setting. Or, or an intellectual property that you say, you know what? I'd like to play a game in that universe. Yeah. And that's what we're going to talk about today is taking those universes and trying to fit them into settings. More specifically, the topic that got Steve thinking about this was... Oh, it was Gamma World. Um, so I was wondering, because I've, I've recently been watching uh, Fist of the North Star, mm-hmm. and it seems to me that it is a perfect Gamma World setting. It's post-nuclear holocaust. Okay. Humanity is, is, you know, living in tribes. There's uh, mutants and technology level is, you know, it's probably a little bit more advanced than Gamma World is, but, you know, whatever. But it, it, it has that flavor to me. Mm-hmm. So I uh, posted on a, an, an internet forum if anybody had actually, you know, done this before. And the only responses I got were a lot of curt no's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no engagement, no anything, just like a lot of no. Like a lot of for some, just no. Yeah, just no. Like for some reason, it's some taboo. Uh, um, and I, I honestly don't know why. Um, because to me, it like it fits very well, you know, with mm-hmm. a little tweaking into that style of game. Yeah, I, I can see that. Um I suppose that the very curt no's uh, were from players or GMs who really would not like a PC to have uh, Kenshiro. Is that the main character? Uh, yeah. Uh, the well, power I, the power level of Kenshiro. Well, now here it's one of the problems with uh, the topic we're discussing. Mm-hmm. But you don't necessarily have to have the power of uh, of Ken, you actually don't even have to have that exact setting when we're talking about com- these conversions. Right. Um, you just have to have that flavor. Mm-hmm. And there's a huge difference. Um, you know, obviously, with something like that, you're going to draw from a lot of sources. Right. But I don't understand why that's not a valid source. And uh, honestly, I don't think that it's coming from a, they don't want that kind of power level for a PC because, you know, if you give the PCs that power level, you know, you just give the monsters you know, equal, the foes equal power levels. I mean, that's, I don't think that's really an issue. Right. Well, Honestly, I mean, even in, even in fifth of the fist of the North star, most of the story is, is Ken walking around having encounters with NPCs. There are really, I don't recall there being that many uh, combats in the film, there's, 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 in the oh, no, and there's, there's a lot of comedy. Well, maybe what one an episode, <laughs> he, something he goes like that. Through a lot of movies, but that's like a one or possibly two sometimes combats per half hour, so. right? So, so I mean, okay, mooks, you know, that's that's a satisfying player experience, and you can accomplish that with a much lower 
uh, power level. Um, for example, the one hit point mook. You can tear through one hit point mooks right. if you want. Well, and I also think you could probably, you know, tweak the character design in Gamma World to reflect a more uh, martial arts oriented uh, post apocalypse than a medieval weapons post apocalypse. Okay. And that's that's fair. That's fair. Now, I, I, I honestly, I think most of the objections were um, probably from people who only know the meme, mm-hmm. who think it, and, and let's face it, or maybe they have seen it. Fist of the North Star is so ridiculously bad, it's good. Right. <laughs> I mean, don't, I'm not like trying to claim that it's like high art. Well, I'm trying to claim that it would make a good setting for a game that is known for being over the top. Right, right, right. Okay, so so my question to you, before we get into any type of like, you know, mechanical observation, why Gamma World and not a an anime uh, generic system like uh, Big Eyes Small Mouth? Um, I mean, other than that, you know how to play Gamma World. Well, there's that, and Gamma World is a post-apocalyptic setting game. Mm-hmm. With technically, uh, I guess it does have its its own um, uh, house setting, but mm-hmm. kind of. I mean, right. the, the the earlier editions were a lot less um, lore oriented, I guess. Right, right. Than later editions, just just because you know, at one point, Gamma World kind of was a generic post apocalyptic game. Mm-hmm. Well, it was you know pretty much every. Every post-apocalyptic setting, you know, we we joked around a lot while we were playing about Thundar the Barbarian. Yeah, um, and and I think I think that's kind of like what the what it was going for. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Fist of the North Star is basically Japanese Thundar the Barbarian. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> I mean, they're both just as ridiculous. They're both, you know, so bad they're good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, one one is just like uh, you know Western kind of um fantasy and the other is a uh, uh, eastern fantasy so right right yeah. where where you have your your classic martial art hero in fist of the north star you have your classic barbarian hero in thundar very much very um uh tale of genji versus conan right exactly. kind of thing going on exactly so or, i just or, thought it would be a good fit mm-hmm. yeah okay so so let's put that aside for just a second you know the the the, the pre-made, you know, the the flavor of the world being there, um, and and the limitation of playing one and not playing the other. If you had experience with both systems, you know, would you still lean toward Gamma World or would you lean toward a system that is more geared toward that type of storytelling? Hard to say because I haven't played Big Eyes Small Mouth, so I really mm-hmm. don't know how that works as a storytelling. Um, you know, yeah, dual. yeah. It's um, it's it's a the TriStat DX system, um, which I don't have much experience with myself. I have the the book somewhere around here, um, and I believe there's also a dreaded D20 version of it as well. Mm, there's, well, I mean, Gamma World's D20, so right. Whatever. Well, I mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean, you mean like three three X, like yeah, actually. Yeah, three. When everything when everything was trying to like jump on the Wizards of the Coast cash cow and come right, up with right. uh, third edition conversions for like everything, 
Oh yeah, there's. I mean, there's there's a Call of Cthulhu one. Mm-hmm. There's Call of Cthulhu. There's Deadlands. Um, not big eyes, small mouth. Big eyes, small mouth. You know, several things. A lot of stuff tried to jump on that that D twenty bandwagon as D twenty kind of becoming the next big universal system. Right. Plus, well, it, it, it's Star Wars. Yep, Star Wars. Star, Speaking uh, of IPs. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, you mentioned earlier that you know you don't have to exactly replicate, um, you know, Fist of the North Star as far as you know Kenshiro's powers, the abilities of the martial artists, and things like that. Yeah. And, I, go ahead. Oh, I, I am, and I think you kind of agree with this. I think that if you take like an IP like Star Wars or Fist of the North Star or anything, and um, put you straight in that world, it's kind of boring because the big story is happening somewhere else. Mm-hmm. You know, Luke Skywalker is happening in the Star Wars movies, and that's like the big thing. Right. And exactly. whatever little minor story that you're telling, you know, kind of is, is inconsequential. Right. So, And the so only... Ha- the only way I've discovered to to balance that out is move the your story in time. Um, we had a very good D twenty Star Wars campaign that was set like, well, it's in the time of the new trilogy now, but <laughs> but at the time, yeah, it was like 30, 40 years later, and all of those characters were either retired or dead. Right. So, so you had so you had all of that stuff, and I had taken stuff from the expanded universe and said, "This never happened." So, and then yeah. started the history from there, and that way the party was the main characters, or you could throw it so far into the past in like the old Republic setting and do that. But right, you know, where, where you don't have like huge canon stories, right? Exactly, exactly. You have Knights of the Old Republic, but even then, that's not like this huge canon story. Yeah, there's like a lot of a lot less people who are familiar with the storylines of those games mm-hmm. than the that are of uh, the main Star Wars movies, right? So, so but what what I'm talking about is yeah, I following Ken around in post-apocalyptic world, um, bl- blowing people up with his hundred fist um, implosion technique is mm-hmm. that's not what I mean when I mean um, using that as a setting. Um, I just mean that flavor that, mm-hmm. you know, if you if you look at that show, you get a lot of these wreck cities, you know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of skyscrapers that are, that are half fallen down. Uh, most of the surrounding area is desert. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of, you know, of, of uh, groups that are in, you know, groups of people that are in um, gangs. Mm hmm. You know, different factions, which is a huge thing in Gamble World. Right. The, the, the different factions. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's like, I, I don't know if I'd go so far as to call them mutated, but there's a lot of um, uh, people who are at least physically huge, mm-hmm. who are, you know, to me, they're mutants. It right. might just be a way of representing, you know, a powerful person visually. Mm-hmm. But e- but even in that, um, the, the, the meme, the, the guy who who uh, is already dead is huge. He's <laughs> like you see him like come up from behind Ken hulking, right? When he when he's like saying you punches are like mosquito bites. Mm-hmm. 
Well, yeah, you also want you want that kind of biblical symbolism too of the David and Goliath, right? But but that's a huge thing in that in that um, series is mm-hmm. you get like these really big opponents who he just inviscerates, right? Well, you get that a lot in 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 anime period, right? Um, you know, Baroni Kenshin uh, is always talked about as being small and frail looking. And and almost, you know, some characters pick on him as being effeminate, and yet he is the world's most deadly assassin. And right. I, the I'm second, saying, the second fastest swordsman in the, in Japan. Right. I'm just saying that you can like take these huge huge foes and mm-hmm. th- make them into mutants. Those are your right. mutants. So so you're you're more talking about taking. Taking the fifth fist of the North Star world building, yes, and, and exactly. kind of, I have no desire to meet Luke Skywalker or Ken or you know fucking mm. Conan or or um, you know Yojimbo or any of these people as characters. Mm-hmm. But I do like the setting, right? Do you know what I'm, mm-hmm. and and you know I I just see a lot of reluctance for people. Well, that's it's not entirely there because there are a, a ton of people who do homebrew uh, settings for different games because mm-hmm. they want to be in that IP. Right, right, or or not even necessarily that particular IP, but um, in in a certain genre that 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 IP falls under. Right. Um, we were talking in the icons group the other day about a a uh, Chinese martial arts setting. Right, a wuja setting, and and how how you would take icons and bend it and twist it to make that type of story possible. But and it's super easy because you know instead of calling you know uh, your your ability for fireball or whatever mm-hmm. um, fireball, it's a it's now you know part of a martial arts style, right, and. and and it, to take that, I mean, you could even do icons, use icons as the basis for a Fist of the North Star style game, not not a direct port, but you could have superpowered martial artists in a post-apocalyptic setting with a lot, I don't know necessarily, a lot less wrench work because, you know, it's it's not really there in Gamma World First Edition. Yeah, to I mean, the Gamma, World, of, Gamma World you know, First and Second Edition are pretty basic pretty mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean to the point where it's almost detrimental at points right right so there's there's no um, there's no really thought given to unarmed combat or grappling or something like that exactly you exactly know? so so where where would you start first you know I would say well you know if you want a, a post-apocalyptic game with a martial arts type setting, you know, you first off, you have to figure out how to work unarmed combat. Well, there is unarmed combat. You just have to make it uh, beefier. Mm-hmm. You just have to make it instead of uh, D3, I think it's the damage, you know, make it reflect the setting. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and that reflects that you know what you're doing. You're not just punching somebody, you're hitting somebody in a pressure point. Right. Or, or in such or, a way to inflict maximum damage. Right. Or you've conditioned your hands. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So you know, um, you you have martial arts, and you're 
the problem with Gamma World is it's all these weird charts. Mm-hmm. And you'd have to more, I think you just equate different um, martial art effects to different weapons. And then you get different than you have, you, you know, you could just use it on the table. Mm-hmm. So, you know, your, um, your, your, your jab to break bones is like a club. So you use it like a club. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's quick and dirty. That's how to do it mm-hmm. for their um, ridiculous hit tables. Right. Okay. Like old school like combat tables are a weird fucking. I mean, it really depends on it. Really depends on how much detail you want to go into. Right. Because and, you know you can graft on anything to any setting. Yeah. No, you definitely can. And some some are going to be more elegant than others. Mm-hmm. Like with Call of Cthulhu. Uh, it's a lot easier, right? Because it's all percentages. Well, I was I was even thinking about Fist of the North Star in terms of like Pulp Cthulhu, um, you know, with with those special nerve strikes being opposed power tests, right? You know, kind of, almost kind of like the exorcism rules you gave for your Chambara setting for Pulp Cthulhu. You know, you do kind of do the same thing where you know you do your flurry strike or whatever you you know whatever the technique is called and you know, hell you can have the players name the techniques on the fly you know, as, <laughs> as part of the flavor. Right. And, and you know, you, you uh, attack and the opponent either dodges or fights back. If they fight back and they lose the contest, you know, then it's, a, you know, they have to make a power roll. And if they do the power roll, they lose, you know, either hit points or magic points or whatever. Right. Yeah. I mean, you, it's definitely a lot easier with something that is, I won't say generic, but I mean, it is based on basic role playing, which is pretty generic, mm-hmm. uh, right. which is a lot easier to graft onto than something that has dedicated combat tables like D&D. Right. Where you have to do a lot of substitution. Right. And, and sometimes the substitution doesn't really balance out much because then you'll have a guy, you know, whose kick is as powerful as a quarterstaff. Yeah, you know, and so you know, and then the guy who picked quarterstaff is like, well, why do I fight this? But then again, on the opposite side of that, if you've seen these types of stories, whether it's Fist of the North Star or any martial arts movie, a lot of times the armed opponent and the unarmed opponent are perfectly equal. You know, yes. yeah, you can cut the guy, and the guy's got to dodge more because he can't just straight up block. You know, right? He's got like, you know, the golden arm or something. Right. Well, I mean, you know, it's a block instead of a dodge. Right. Or a parry or something like that. Tomato. But so you definitely have to think about combat and how Mm -hmm. it's going to affect combat in the setting, you know, weapons and, and, uh, how, whatever system you're using for hitting. Right. So that's definitely, um, one of the major things you got to think of. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the second thing is how to incorporate the the flavor of the setting into your game. Well, um, some of them be. some of them are easier because obviously right. you know, Gamma World is post apocalyptic. Fist of the North Star post apocalyptic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of people use Thundar as their basis for uh, Gamma World or Fallout uh, because these are things we're familiar with. They're post apocalyptic and they fit right in. Mad Max. Mad, exactly. Yep. Mad Max. Uh, maybe to an extent. Uh, well, I mean, even Numenera is is that type of setting. Right. 
uh, you know, for 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 uh, your Monty Cook slash Gene Wolf crossover fans. Right. Well, this is one of the things we talked about a few years ago was um, adapting uh, the the new sun, the book of the new sun into a um, setting. Mm-hmm. You know what, what you would need to do to do that. And 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 really, you know, it's it's a lot of its flavor. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about this uh, last week when we were talking about the lazy dungeon. Do you have to do a lot of preparation for it, or can you do just enough to give that um, that that uh, flavor for it? That that just right. you know hint of where you are, and let your players uh, do the rest. Right. It definitely helps if they're familiar with with the genre and the setting, mm-hmm. right? Someone who's never seen Star Wars is going to have a difficult time, um, you know, thinking Star Wars during a game. Yes, but, I'm well acquainted with that. <laughs> <laughs> but if they're, if they're going to play a licensed Star Wars game, they're going to have the same issues. Right, right. Whether you're using D6... Uh, D20, this fifth edition fan conversion that came out, whatever it happens to be. If you don't aren't familiar with the world, nothing I can do as a GM is going to really grab you. Right. You know, it's like you pop out of hyperspace and a bunch of TIE fighters come in. What's a TIE fighter? Right. You know, and then then but I think I think one of the one of the things about a prefab, you know, I intellectual property setting. Is that a lot of folks have seen it? Um, yeah, you know. it, it definitely depends on how popular the IP is. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're definitely going to get a lot more people who are on board with with, with vanilla Star Wars than you are with uh, uh, with Gene Wolfe. Right, but you know, it's that sort of thing. If you're if your players are fans of that property and they're familiar with that property, that kind of makes GMing a little bit easier. Right. You know, you drop out of hyperspace and, you know, a squadron of TIE fighters is fast approaching. And, you know, if the player is a fan, that mental image is already in their head. Right. Um, same thing with, with say, a post-apocalyptic setting. If you try to say, if you say post-apocalypse, right, people can generally grasp it. But if you try to be specific and say Fist of the North Star, not everybody's going to grab it. And it's going to take a little bit more work from the GM in the storytelling aspect when you're right. setting your good scenes, stuff like that. I, I agree. Like if I was telling you, you know, bringing you into a Fist of the North Star encounter, I could say the street is deserted. The asphalt is cracked. Skeletal skyscrapers tower above you. And boom, you've got it. And you're running with it right there. Yes. Um, I... You- your job is definitely a lot easier mm-hmm. um, as a GM and as a player if everyone's kind of on the same page. Right. The set now it doesn't have to be uh, a complete. You know, you have to know everything about Star Wars to play in the Star Wars, but you should definitely know something. Right. Right. And and same for if you're going to call the setting fist of the North Star, but if you're keeping it as post-apocalypse but not quite as far in the future as say uh gamma world and i think that's the big difference between gamma world and fist is that it's a little bit closer to modern time uh yeah fist of the north star takes place in uh 20 
21X, 201X. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry, 1990X. Right. <laughs> so as, as does uh, Thunder. Yeah. Uh, no, that's a few years. It's years after because it was 1994, okay, right. I think. Thundar is like 100 years after right. the disaster. Fist of the North Star is like now or, you know, 20 years. Right. The first <laughs> Fist of the North Star is the first civilization to rise from the ashes of the apocalypse. Right. And, and you know, something like Gamma World or, or anything by Gene Wolfe is, you know, many generations removed. Fist, right. uh, uh, Gamma World is uh, maybe what a couple three hundred years something like that removed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where most of the long enough that most of the signs of modern civilization have crumbled, and you actually there's, have the future civilization that's well. There's still stuff working, but it's you know few and far between and corrupted and that kind of thing. Right, right. But you know it's. It's the 70s version of what, you know, 2020 is going to be like. <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. Well, I mean, you, everything's going to be a product of their, of their time. Right. Right. So you have that sort of thing. And, you know, there's a big boom towards that kind of retro futurism feel. So if you had a post-apocalypse setting that really had kind of more the flavor of, you know, yeah, Reagan nuked us all in the eighties, then, you know, you could go with that and, and people would recognize it of people of a certain age anyway. That's true. Um, you know, cellular phones being suitcases and stuff like that. But Computers even taking up, uh, you know, tonnage on starships. Right. Looking at you traveler. Uh, <laughs> uh yeah. So you have that sort of thing. Um, Tra now traveler, it's funny because traveler, I'm glad you brought that up, even though I, brought it up <laughs> traveler is definitely one of those games that people tack on uh ips onto mm -hmm. because in the beginning before the imperium it was generic like 100 right. generic uh and it was really just a reflection of that um you know military hard sci-fi from the 50s 60s and 70s that that was it was very popular mm -hmm. so um, so it was very easy to make it a Star Trekky thing or a Star Wars thing because none of the the lore was was there originally. Right, right, and and yeah, in a in a generic setting, you can pretty much tack on anything because you know you just borrow stats. Right, you borrow stats, and and you know you're you're free to, to populate your universe, your worlds with whatever you want. Mm -hmm. Right. So, sorry. Sorry. It's happened. The reckoning has come. Um, in in terms of... So, so I mean, you've said it in, in the past that uh, anything can be converted to anything. I firmly stand by that. And you firmly stand... Yeah, and, and I would tend to agree, but I think that certain, certain settings lend towards certain systems better than others. I agree. Um, you know, obviously... Things like Dungeons and Dragons lends itself more towards heroic fantasy mm -hmm. or swords and sorcery, whereas something like Traveler um, lends itself more towards the you know the science fiction end of things. Mm -hmm. And Call of Cthulhu horror, 
and and pulp, you know, or basic role playing, mm. horror and pulp. Um, but that's just because that's you know the even though they are well, technically they were at one point setting generic. Mm-hmm. They are you know developed for a generic kind of setting, like a generic fantasy setting or a generic post-apocalyptic setting or a generic space setting, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, now, obviously, Gamma World is, uh, you know, a flavor of Dungeons & Dragons. Right. Uh, which just so, goes, to, goes to show that you can with a little right. work. So um, much so that the first edition uh, Dungeon Master's Guide has instructions for blending Gamma World and Boot Hill, I believe, into... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons and playing a setting that mashes up genres. Right. Um, and that's something that you really don't see too much anymore. Um, th- there was there was that instruction in that book, which was maybe, you know, what, like six paragraphs at the most? Yeah, it wasn't very much. And the, then the other like genre mashup you had was uh, the Palladium system in Rifts, where you know, they had the main rift setting, but the, the lore of the rift setting was so that you could pull things from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or Ninjas and Super Spies or Palladium Fantasy or, you know, through any of the other Palladium books because it was all the same system, all the same mechanic. Right. And, and it makes sense because you're going to want to to uh, have consumers mm-hmm. buy your, you know, your different books. Right. Right. So and, and you want to get a book, you know, that maybe might cross people over. You know, so a rift player might go, you know what? You know, I, I want a dragon in my game. So I'm gonna go and pick up the fantasy book or the right. monsters book for Palladium Fantasy or something right. like that. You know, it's a little bit harder when you're playing something like uh, Traveler and you want a dragon. <laughs> Actually it's not. Well, <laughs> there's travel's pretty open-ended when it comes to um animal encounters right but i mean there's still some some leg work that needs to be done some sharpening of the pencil rather than right. just opening up the book and just going there's a stat block no there's definitely not a dragon stat block but i right. mean it's it's a lot easier to to just whip something up right um you know now there is a game that basically has made its its fortune and fame on doing just what we're talking And that is? GURPS. GURPS. Yes, the old generic universal role-playing system. GURPS took this desire to, you know, use different IPs and different settings for a system and just plug it in. Mm-hmm. And, and there's, I mean... Jeez, and most of the people who are listening to this probably know better than I do. There's a GURPS for everything. Oh, yeah. There's I mean, a GURPS for everything. There's a GURPS for the new song. Yeah. And it's one of those things that has a robust fan community. And and that's another thing is, you know, a fan community behind you. If you get stuck on something, you can turn around and go, hey, Gamma World fan. Well, maybe not Gamma World fans because they all kind of poo-pooed the idea. <laughs> but... <laughs> Fuck you, Gamma World fans. God damn you. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's like the Icons group that became kind of a very active thread talking about, you know, martial arts encounters. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, you start talking about, you know, adding different things. You know, I think there was uh, the Shadow 
showed up in a discussion on Paul Cthulhu, you yeah. know, how to, how to well, put the shadow together. Honestly, I think that most people are at least willing to give it a shot. Mm. They might not want to do the work for it, but they'd be willing to give it a shot and play it. It's just like the, the people who are the, the louder one. Usually it's the, you know, the, the gripers who are loudest. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but uh, you know, if you if you go against the grain, you're going to come come in contact with people, I, gatekeepers or whatever, who want to keep pure, pure, or what they're used to or whatever, which is fine. I and mean, if that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. That's how you're playing your game. Right now, you know, on the other side of that, with the with the smaller company, um, Index Card RPG is made to be modular, but it's made mm-hmm. to it be incorporated to any that you can borrow elements out of it and stick it into any other game. Right. Well, we did that. We, I mean, we played uh, Dungeons and Dragons with a lot of index card RPG elements in it. Mm-hmm. We did. Um, and we've thrown in a couple of bits and bobs here and there of it into uh, icons. Mm-hmm. And it, because it's mechanically similar to fate, nobody even noticed. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so there's there's step one. If you wanna, if you're getting out there and you're getting creative and you have this idea, you're watching something, you see, you read a comic or you're reading a novel or you see a, a television show or a film, and you say, you know, I want to set a world in that. Okay, well, I would say step number one is to uh, get yourself a notebook. Yeah. And and write down what you like about that genre or television show or whatever, mm-hmm. and what you dislike about it. Right. Yeah. Um, and and even even let yourself play a little bit in coming up with settings. Now, this is not like actual game prep. This is this is world building, and this is just something you can do at your leisure. Right. And well, then, there's that. I think step two is like figuring out because like once you once you have a world then you can plug it into a system. Right. And that would be and step then, two is find right, system. Figure, figure out what the nuts and bolts are that you are going to need to take your idea, your world and put it into whatever system you want to play it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I think your choices are going to come down to does the system, uh, can the system handle that relatively easy? Right. And is the system flavor designed for that? Right. And and I would say I would say the third thing to look at is am I going to be like trying to sell this to my players or am I going to come at my players uh and they're going to be all all on it. A, a really actually a really good place if you if you're on Facebook to go for this kind of discussion is um the Dimension X Facebook group. Mhm. Because there's a lot of that discussion that goes on in there where they right. talk about, you know, taking shadow run and, and plugging this setting in that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. That sort of thing. Or how to build a certain character archetype or archetypes using right. whatever this system or what system would be good for, for this. Right. And that's the other thing that we have advantage in this modern era is we do have Facebook forums mm-hmm. that gamers go on. And once you get past the, uh, I, I wouldn't go on to the 
to the group for that game, <laughs> I would go on to something more like Dimension uh, X or something. Because right. there you're going to get people who would get excited about stuff like that because, you know, you're you're more apt to get someone who wants to tweak systems there than on, you know, the Gamma World thing where, you know, Gamma World's been around for 40 years and blah, blah, blah. Right, and the Grognard. Right, yeah. exactly. Um, you know, you, you recommend Dimension X RPG. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, I would also recommend the Runehammer Forum. Uh, because this type of discussion happens all the time. Yes. Uh, where people are borrowing bits and bobs of setting information and and mixing it all up together. And the creator of Index Art Card RPG is like, you know, will sit there and cheer you on while you're doing it. <laughs> hey, yeah, that's a really great idea. Yeah, so, I mean, the bottom line is you want to have fun. And the people who are going to prevent you from having fun are the ones you want to avoid when you're right. thinking about doing stuff. Well, even even as far as creating a setting like that, like if you're going to do Fist of the North Star and you start working it out and it becomes a fact, you know, you look at your notebook and go, the game's in two weeks. I got to work on this setting. Then you're not having fun anymore. Put it aside, play a module or something because... You know, you're taking the fun out of it, putting the work into it. You know, it's too much work. Yeah, it's it's definitely not something that you're going to, like, you know, hack off in an afternoon. Right, right. Unless you're really clever and you've got, like, a really good system and go, and okay, no I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. And no family and no job. No family and no job. Or even if you have a job, you know, that's what you do at night. Right. It's RPG stuff. <laughs> But yeah, that would be that would be the thing. If it seems like it's getting to be that's number four. If it's getting to be too much work, stop. Yeah, give it a give it a break because you took notes, right? Right. That was, <laughs> so you, have, you have your notes, <laughs> right? You can always come back to it later. In fact, in fact, if if adapting your setting of choice to the system of your choice isn't working, maybe you just need a new system. Right. You know, think of something else that you're familiar with that's got a mechanic that's similar to what you want to do. Right. And and the other thing is you don't have to do it all at once. No. You just have to do enough to get by and then right. if it, and then spiral out from there. Mm -hmm. You lazy dungeon. That's right. Let it spiral out. I mean, you don't even have to tell your players. It's like, you know, if you're using something like the world's most popular fantasy role-playing game, you can, uh, you know, start everybody straight out of the book and start introducing your setting elements into that. Because, mm -hmm. you know, you could play, you could feasibly port Gamma World to the world's most popular fantasy role-playing game easily and use the exact same character classes, uh, maybe tweak the, the, the races. I hate that word. There has been a port of Gamma World for every edition of D&D &D save. Oh, there you go. So uh, there's even a port of Gamma World that uses the, I think it's third edition, that uses the uh, the Marvel, when TSR did Marvel comics. Oh, the, the face rip? Yeah, whatever. Where they had like the weird combat mm -hmm. tables and stuff. Yeah. That were even weirder. Shifts and... All that yeah, stuff. so 
so there's like uh, definitely a a parallel for the last one that um that was made was fourth edition that's mm-hmm. the one with the cards and right random mutant powers that change every every combat weird uh but that's like uses fourth edition D D mm-hmm. mechanics so you know maybe maybe it's in the works that we'll have a a fifth edition gamma world port but even so i mean a fifth edition is pretty pretty easy yeah guaranteed though somebody out there is playing it well you could certainly take something like um uh goodman games um osr um thing uh, mutant mutant crawl classics mutant crawl classics and and you know kind of use that mm-hmm. as a as a guide right but that's a whole different ship <laughs> right now let's let's flip the script a little bit and talk about something that's a little bit uh dear to your heart as kind of the a finishing note and that is not creating your own setting from something you've watched but using another pre-made setting or porting another pre-made setting into an existing game okay so in case in point mask of the oni yes uh, converting that you could that's uh legend of the five rings the current edition i believe correct uh-huh yep uh and you port you're porting it over for uh pulp cthulhu mm-hmm. okay. so you know what are the challenges associated with that um forgetting everything that ever has to do with Roku. <laughs> and the, that's the main challenge that's the main challenge yeah because the main challenge well rokugan is kind of like this um heavily japanese influenced blend of asian cultures so so yes um you know sengoku period japan is definitely like the big part of it but they have like different different things from other cultures and the history of Rokugan is like ponderous and vast. Right. Right. And um, is very Mm self-referential and you have to be able to get away from it because in Japan, there's no badlands. There's no dark land. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's no Cayune wall. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So that, that's a big challenge. Um, other than that, you know, well, I have stat blocks for, you know, mooks and samurai and monks and ninja and all sorts of things that I just recycle. Mm-hmm. And then I make bad guys, um, you know, as I need them. Right. Sit, stat them out with what, what features and powers I want them to have. Okay. That's fair. Do you, do you ever just like convert them whole cloth? Like, you know, this X person, X person is the magistrate of such and such a town. And then you look at their stat block and go, okay, well, that would be, that would be this, that would be this, that would be this. Yeah, kind of, but it's, it's such a different game. Right. Yeah. I know it's a little bit lore heavy in the way they've got the character creation system is, yeah. uh, you know, is not very intuitive for that. You could probably take stat blocks from any other game and convert them over easier. Yeah, it's definitely it's not a it's it's it's, it's just, right right like if you pulled something out of like um, it's not designed for numbers right the game so, you know it's designed for like your special dice mm-hmm. and you know they have uh, successes failures partial successes partial failures whatever I forgot what they're called um, but everything's you know geared towards that so you don't roll uh, to hit you're not trying to get uh you know 16 or better or under 
40% or whatever, you're right. trying to get successes. Right. A number of but, successes. Yeah. So it's like completely, it's different. Yeah. So I ignore it. <laughs> just completely ignore it. Just fuck it. Yeah. And, and I make, you know, appropriate villains for the setting. And I think I, you know, when we were doing Dark Tides, I thought I did a pretty good job. You did. You did. I, you know, there were other than the names. Um, yeah. It really kind of felt like that you were coming up with this off the, you know, not off the top of your head. Um, but, you know, with a little planning and stuff like that, that this was a, you know, this was just a continuation of uh, um, Nippon no Kage. Is, you know, that, right. And, and it's going to have that feel because, uh, you know, to me, that's my, you know, fantasy, dark fantasy Japan, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. The one, the one I'm waiting for is uh, Spelljammer. That's coming out, isn't it? Uh, I believe that they're doing there's, an update for the world's most popular fantasy role play. There's, yeah, there's, there's a, uh, I've, I've heard. Right. But I was thinking about just grabbing the old, uh, locating like a copy of the old box set or something like that and just converting it over to like ICRPG. Yeah, why not? Yeah, you know, because, yeah, exactly. Why not? Most most of what makes it unique is is the flavor. You know, the mechanics, you can just, use the existing mechanics yeah, and that's I'm, and that's the best part about converting something over is when you can use an existing mechanic do it yeah yes I, i've gotten a lot of pardon me mileage out of the uh, martial arts mechanic from the um secrets of tibet book mm -hmm. and yes. i and i've taken like a bunch of stuff out of bushido mm -hmm. the, the old game bushido ponderous yeah. beast that it is yeah I, really because i really wanted to play that but <laughs> that was the play. right right yeah all right so there you go for if you want to convert a setting get yourself a notebook take plenty of notes uh locate an appropriate setting get your players on board uh look for help mm -hmm. uh and uh you know if you if it seems like it's too much work either stop or take a break and and go from there. So there's your uh, pathway to creating original settings based on other settings. That's right. And before you know it, you will already be. That's right. Dead at character creation, a mechanic that should be used in every game. I think that should now be Traveler's um, uh, motto, Omaiowa. <laughs> <laughs> you are already dead. <laughs> you are already dead. Yep. <laughs> And Traveler, Call of Cthulhu. Everybody expects you to die at the end of Call of Cthulhu. Everybody expects you to die at the beginning of Traveler. Goddamn, I want to get a Traveler shirt that says that. Traveler Cthulhu. <laughs> no. It's, uh, like, you either the, die the at the beginning or you die at the no, end. No, 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 no. It's it, like, you know how all the covers of the old Traveler books just say Traveler. Right. And they have a line. And then they have what it is. I want to have Traveler, the line underneath it, say, Omaiwa Mushindero. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right, so tune in next time. Um, we'll have something else fun for you. Until then, keep 30. Keep 30.